And so this morning, we're in our DC series, Discovering Christ, and today we're discovering Christ the healer. I feel such a weightiness on this morning, not on my shoulders, but he already bore it on his shoulders. My plan this morning, what God has commissioned me to do, is just to give you the truth and let that truth begin to build faith and make you free. What Liz said in that testimony, to move from a place of believing God can heal to expecting God to heal you. That's the goal this morning. And that's not just about you saying, I'm just gonna change my mind. Faith comes by hearing and hearing his word. And so this morning, as we go through the word of God, let the faith from that word build expectation in your life this morning. You may be watching on the internet. I've had multiple texts this week of people saying, I cannot make it to your church. I live in another state or I'm bedridden because of some pain or disease or sickness, but I will be watching faithfully on YouTube and on Facebook. And so I speak to all of you today. God has us all linked together in this divine moment. And we will believe God for every single life, body, spirit, soul to be healed wherever you are around the world. He is the God that is everywhere, amen? And he sends his word and he heals. And so would you just join me one more time as we kind of move into the word? I wanna just pray this into our hearts, into this moment. This isn't about a show or a performance. This is about God speaking to us. God saying, I'm about to shift your life. I'm about to heal your body. And so Father, right now we come and we come in expectation. We come with great humility. We're grateful that you're a God that cares about our physical body, that cares about our soul, our mind, our will, our emotional state. You care about our eternity. We are so grateful that you love us so much. Now I ask God that your word would begin to bring faith. I pray that you would use the tool of preaching to bring faith and truth into our hearts. And God, that chains would begin to fall off Bodies would begin to respond. Lord, your word prevails this morning. Your word breaks through every wall, every fear, every hindrance, every disappointment. This is the day the Lord has made. You have a word for us this morning and we lay hold of it and we say yes to you, God. We say yes. We thank you. We praise you in advance for everything you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'd like to start talking about healing with the idea of love. That God's desire in bringing healing to your body is an expression of his love for you. Sometimes we as churches, we think it's all just about promoting the, the church. You know, the, look at these healings, God is real and all this. I, I don't want us to think of healing simply as a, as a headline for God to get his name out there. You need to know that God wants to heal you because he has compassion over you. Yes, those testimonies are great and people get inspired by those testimonies, but God sees your pain, the pain of your physical body. He has seen the finances that have been drained because of the sickness that's been going on and the, the um, doctors that you've needed to respond to and do things through. Your God sees you today. Your God cares about you today. 
And he, like when he saw the woman in the New Testament that was bent over and diseased and sick, he says, these things should not be because she is a daughter of Abraham. And the Lord says the same thing over you today, that these plagues, these sicknesses, these virus, this pain in your body does not belong there. That was not my design for you. That was not my plan for your life. These things should not be for you are a daughter of the King of Kings, for you are a child of God, a covenant child of God. We can start all the way back into the beginning. We need to kind of establish that, that when God made man, when God created us in the Garden of Eden, he called it good. And all that he created was good. He did not create our bodies to become sick. He did not create disease. He didn't even create us to get old and to die. All of that is a result of our sin as humans. When Adam and Eve sinned, it introduced death into our bodies. It introduced death into this realm. Sickness, disease, all these things. I want to say that from the beginning. Because when Jesus came in, he came to take care of the sin problem, praise God, but he also came to destroy all the works of the devil. All the works of the devil, amen. God did not intend sickness and disease to be a part of your body and a part of your life. God did not intend the pain and the sorrow and the suffering of these things. And so when Jesus died on that cross, he died as a payment for our sin. But the Bible also tells us by his stripes, he brought us healing. Amen? Now, I personally believe this. I know that we have to die on this side of eternity and enter into eternity. That's just the way the system's set up now. This world's passing away. This system is flawed. Death is a release from this fallen system into God's eternity. So that's a blessing. Otherwise, we'd be cursed to live forever in a fallen state, in a fallen world. And then there'll become a day where there's a new heaven and a new earth, and we don't have time to talk about all that. But here's what I want to say. When God wants to call us home, when it's our time to go home, he has lots of ways to get us there besides sickness and disease. Amen. Sometimes we've almost embraced the idea of sickness and disease as, well, someone's, we got to die somehow. Amen. Let's not embrace sickness and disease today. Let's put that back on the back of Jesus. By his stripes, we've been healed. Amen. That his blood came to pay for not only our forgiveness, but our healing. So can we let go of sickness and disease today and not just embrace it as a part of the human experience? You're a child of God today. Amen. Let me give you a whole lot of scripture. You can just write them down in your notes. I'll open up to the Bible towards the end of this. And we're going to have time of ministry. We're going to pray for every single one of you and those of you online. But let's let the word of God begin to build faith. Let's start with the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. God speaking to the children of Israel, which we've been adopted in, praise God. So this is God speaking to us as well. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. God says this. He's revealing himself to Israel, basically saying, I'm not like the Egyptian gods. I'm not like the gods of this world. Let me make sure not only are you my people, but I want you to know who I am. And he says, for I am the Lord, your healer. It is in that verse that we get the phrase Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha, if you were to look into the Hebrew there, the Lord, your healer, that's one of the names God wants us to know him by. So when you cry out to God that you know him by his names, 
how he's revealed himself to us. I want you to see this, that God didn't have to say he was our healer. No one made God say, I'm your healer. No one said, God, you better be a healer. This is initiated by God. This comes from his love for his children. Can I hear an amen on that? This is God saying, this is how I want you to know me. This is who I want you to call me. When you call me God, make sure you know I am God, the Lord, your healer. This is his will towards us, his children. Exodus chapter 23, verse 25. The Bible says this, you shall serve the Lord your God. Again, he's speaking to his children, Israel. You shall serve the Lord your God. He shall bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness from among your midst. This is God's will. This is his word. This is how he reveals himself to his covenant people. You are his covenant child. Put yourself in that category. Put yourself in that class. Sometimes we just say, oh, I'm just a Christian. I just go to church. I just, we don't realize that you've been brought into a covenant with the almighty God. And in that covenant, there are great and precious promises for each and every one of us. And I love it because all those promises came from God. It wasn't us saying, God, you need to do this. It's God saying, this is who I am and this is what I'll do. He says, I will take sickness away from you, from among you. Amen? Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 15. And the Lord will protect you from all sickness. He will not let you suffer the terrible diseases you knew in Egypt. He will inflict them upon your enemies. In Psalms chapter 103, The Bible says this, let all that I am praise the Lord. That's our job. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all of my sins and he heals all my diseases. See, sometimes we just think God cares about forgiving you of your sins. But I am so grateful that God doesn't just care about my eternity, he cares about me right now. And he cares about what's going on in my physical body. He also knows that, that this physical body is the vehicle by which my spirit and my soul travel this earth. It's the car that I drive in. So all your gifts, all your talents, all your anointings, everything God has commissioned you to do, he's placed inside of your spirit, he's placed inside of you, but your body has to be able to get you there. How many of you ever have a car that sits at home and you can't drive it because it's got like something wrong with it? Anybody ever have a car that can't get you somewhere? And yet you're an amazing person sitting there at home. But if that car can't get you to your destiny, if that car cannot get you to where you need to be to let all that goodness of you out, amen. And so God knows there's a connection between your spirit, soul, and body. Your body needs to be strong. Your body needs to endure. Your body needs to be able to handle this timeline, this earth time period to get that eternal part of you to where it needs to be to do what God has called you to do. He doesn't forget about that. Isn't that good? Don't forget all of his benefits who forgives all my sins and heals all, say all, my diseases. There's not one disease that God doesn't have the cure for. There's not one new virus that comes around that God doesn't already have a cure for. 
He redeems me from death. He crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. How many of you love to see your youth renewed this morning? Online right now, I speak to you too. Your youth renewed like the eagles. Now in reference to emotional or internal healing, because you know our, our soul, our mind, our emotions can get sick. I want to speak this over you. Psalms 147 verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages your wounds. You know, for some of us, the healing that we need this morning isn't in our physical body. It's not in this part. It's not in this earth suit. There's a healing that needs to happen in here. Someone walked out on you. Great disappointment happened. Some massive wound in there. But again, don't you care that God didn't just care about building a religion? You know, God didn't come, Jesus didn't come to build a religion. He came to adopt you into his family and he knew what he was getting when he brought you in and he wants to walk with you and work with you to make sure you're every bit whole. Every bit whole. Not just from sin, but from all the junk and the the journey and the brokenness that has happened through your journey Even this morning, the Lord knows how to make you whole on the inside. You know, we, um, in our culture, we always identify all this stuff from the past, and it's important that we, you know, some of those things do make sense and all this stuff. But I love what our sisterhood community, our, our, our women's ministry is beginning to speak over them. They're saying, this is my story, but this is who I am. That does not have to define you. That does not have to trap you, the pain of your past and your journey. Who you are is who Jesus can make you in a moment, in this moment. Amen? He uses that. He can can take that and make something beautiful out of those ashes. But this morning I speak over you that he heals the brokenhearted and he bandages your wounds. This morning is not just about physical healing, but when we come to the altar, if you've been suffering through depression because of an event in your past, in one moment, God can heal you from that wound so that depression doesn't dictate your life. That anger doesn't dictate your life. That rage doesn't break every relationship you ever try to get in because of the anger of things you've experienced that you manifest in this season. God can set you free from that. He knows how to bind up those wounds. In a moment, amen. Amen. Let's get into the New Testament, talking about Christ, God in the flesh. What I love about Christ is we've had all this conversation about the God of Israel in the Old Testament and all these names of God and all these prophecies about God. In steps Jesus. Jesus is God in the flesh. So now it's not just what the prophets have said about God. It's not just our hope that's what God is like. Jesus is the image of God in the earth. He is the representation. He is God in the flesh so we can see God's will in our timeline. We can see God's will right in front of us. We have beheld his glory. Amen? Christ, Matthew chapter four, verse 23. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom and he healed every kind of disease and illness. Every kind. Remember, he's the God that heals all your diseases. And so Jesus went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He went around healing all kinds of various diseases. 
Luke chapter 4, verse 40. As the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought the sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their diseases were, the touch of his hand healed every one. No matter what the diseases were, the touch of his hand healed every one. Matthew 15, verse 30. I hope you write these down. That's why we give you notebooks. Matthew 15, verse 30. As the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their diseases were, he healed everyone. Hebrews 8, 13. Ready? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. It was his will then. It's his power then. It's his will today. It wasn't like Jesus wanted to heal people just 2,000 years ago. It was just some like thing that was in his heart 2,000 years ago. This is God. I want you to see that from the Old Testament all the way through Jesus, all the way into today. That God's will towards his children, God's will towards his people was to be the Lord their healer, to remove their sicknesses and diseases, to bind up their broken heart. Jesus comes in in the New Testament, demonstrates it physically. So now it's not just theology. It's not just something on paper from the prophets. Now it's God in the flesh and every single one of the children of Israel who are God's covenant people who came to Jesus for healing, he healed them all. He healed them all. And he's the same. You are today God's covenant people. You are today God's child. It is his will. He is able and he will heal every single sickness, every single disease. The touch of his hand will heal them all. Amen? So now let's go into the church period. Jesus ascends and he commissions us, the church, to carry on his mission. And he says to us, greater works than him will we do. Why is he saying this? Because it doesn't stop when Jesus ascended. God, the God of Israel, comes to the flesh in Jesus. And you, can you see the stages here? It goes from this universal God, this unseen God, this big God into Jesus who's God in the flesh so we can see him, so we can know him, so we can understand him. And then he passes it on into his body which for generation after generation will be his body in the earth, will be the multiplication of his ability, the multiplication of his assignment and his commission into the earth. So now Jesus isn't located in Israel. Jesus in his body can go throughout the whole world at one time to reach Amen, to push back darkness, to set people free. Are you understanding this? You see it growing, not getting less, but getting greater. So it's not like God was, was kinder or more powerful or more willing in the past. You can see the progression of time where all of this that God is moves through the generations. And here we are in this generation where he is still doing it, but he's doing it through his body so he can do it all over the earth. Man, that's a good place to say amen. amen. The church, James chapter five, these are all books of the Bible. If you're new to your Bibles, you start with the book and then there's chapters and verse. We have free Bibles for you throughout the campus if you'd like one. It's a good way to kind of get started. Just write these things down and we can help you kind of find it later. James chapter five, verse 14 through 16. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you 
anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Don't you love the confidence in that verse? Don't you love it's not like, well, if it's his will, he's saying it's his will. God's word is his will. Can I get an amen on that? That's why we have the Bible. It's his revealed will. So that it's not your opinion, my opinion, this person's personal experience, that person's personal experience. God's word is his will. And I love the confidence. Are any sick among you? This is what you need to do. I love it that it's like sickness isn't supposed to be the center focus of your life. Basically, this is the way it sounds. Are you sick? Let's get to church, get it taken care of, and get you back out in the call of God on your life. Yet we have, yeah, you can celebrate that. We sometimes, the enemy gets us to embrace sickness like it's our destiny. Let me tell you, Goliath was a giant. Goliath was a part of David's story, but it wasn't the full story. Don't let this Goliath you're facing become your life's work. This is just one more giant, but God will use this giant to catapult you into what your real destiny is. Your destiny lies beyond this thing, beyond that sickness, beyond that pain, beyond that. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Amen. Just, I love it. Get to church, get prayer, get it taken care of, and get on with your life. I love that. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 through 18. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will even be able to handle snakes in safety. If they drink any poisonous thing, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. I love that God throughout scripture doesn't put a question mark there. He says, they will, they will, they will. Let me say something. I am not the one that heals you. Our altar teams are not the ones who heals you. Jesus is the healer. Our responsibility is to place our hands upon you. Our responsibility is to release faith and partner with your faith. Our responsibility is to pray and believe God. He is the healer. Your confidence is in Jesus. Amen. Amen. In Acts chapter 3, verses 12 through 13, I love this. This is the, the apostle Peter right after they healed a, a crippled man. This is what it says because people started worshiping the apostles because of this healing ability. And he said this, but when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Why are you staring at us as though it was by our own power or godliness that we made him walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. I want to say that because I think it's a big burden release for all of us to know that it's not by your own power or your own holiness that God will heal people through your prayers and through your hands. There's been times in my life where I feel super anointed. I hadn't sinned all day. And then there's times in my life where I feel so unworthy that how could God ever use me? But that's why I love this verse. Peter's saying it's not by your own power. It's not, you, you don't have any power to heal anybody. 
It's not by your own power and it's not by your own holiness because your holiness, your righteousness is as filthy rags. But in Christ, you bear his holiness because you've put your faith in Jesus, which means you're qualified to pray, which means you're qualified to believe God and he will heal the sick as you pray for them. That's why when we have prayer teams come up here praying, we're not looking for the one with the hot hand of glory. Which one's got the hot hand? Jesus has the hot hand. Amen? And they're his body. And they're not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Isn't that wonderful that God would use us, imperfect people? It's not by our holiness and it's not by our power. It is by his holiness and his power. And so I just want us all to take a nice deep breath before we come up for prayer in just a moment and just to let God use human beings, imperfect human beings who are just willing to come into agreement with his promises and to believe him for complete healing over what it is that troubles you today. I want to talk to you also in my last five minutes about disappointment. Open your Bibles to the book of Mark, if you would please. Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Because I want to encourage you the same way God encourages me. Because the elephant in the room might be, well, I've prayed for somebody before that didn't see healing on this side of eternity and they ended up dying. What do you do about that, Pastor Kevin? What do you do with that? And all I can do is tell you what God has told me. As quickly as possible, you go pray for someone else. Don't let that disappointment settle in and keep you from praying for the next person. Don't build a life out of what you don't know. Build a life out of what you do know. I don't know why some people didn't see the healing we believe for. I'll ask God if it matters enough to me when I get there. But what I do know is this. I am commissioned to lay hands on the sick. I am told to pray for every single sick person that wants prayer for healing, and I'm told to believe in the positive result. I am told to believe he will heal, he will heal, he will heal. Don't build your life on what you don't know, build your life on what you do know. And the Lord brought me this scripture in Mark chapter nine, when Jesus comes off the Mount of Transfiguration with his disciples, and at the bottom of the mountain they meet a demon-possessed child this demon is trying to kill this young boy. He's been trying to kill him throughout his life by throwing him into fire, by trying to drown him. The parents, I could not imagine as a parent. So that's what happens with sickness and disease and spirits of infirmity and, and all these issues that the devil brings into our lives. So much pain and so much suffering is involved in this. It's not just a matter of something doesn't feel good. I have an owie. Jesus fix it. it. Sickness, disease, demonic powers like this, it influences and destroys and ravages entire families. It affects moms and dads and brothers and sisters and finances and future and disrupts everything. The devil is so wicked. And sin and sickness and disease is so wicked and vile. It destroys. It doesn't just inconvenience. You know what I'm saying? And so you see this where this dad has been experiencing. Could you imagine trying to watch your child 
every moment of every day so your kid doesn't run off the cliff, so your kid doesn't try to kill himself in the, the water somehow. And so he brings his child to the disciples and says, help him, heal him, set him free. Now let's think about this story for a minute. Jesus' disciples had been going around from town to town healing all kinds of sickness and disease. They were casting out demons in every single city. They, they were so excited, they'd, they'd say, Lord, even the demons are subject to, our, to us. And the Lord would respond to them, don't be so excited about that. Be more excited that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But what I'm trying to say is this. This dad had high hopes that in this prayer meeting, or with these prayers that he was going to see his miracle. But it didn't happen. Jesus comes down off the mountain. He goes right into the middle of the chaos. And the dad is standing there and he's like, I asked your disciples to help him to pray, but they couldn't do it. Nothing happened. Have you ever been to a prayer meeting like that? Have you ever had a moment like that where you went to the best prayers you knew? You went to the most important, most successful healing conferences you could, and you walked away and you didn't see the hoped, the hopeful expectation you desired. That's where this dad was. But in steps Jesus. Mark chapter 9, verse 14. When they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them. Some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe. They ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about? Jesus, uh, Jesus asked. One of them in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He was possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. Whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him into violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. And so they said to him, you Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy. When the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion. He fell to the ground writhing with foam at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire, into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. So you hear the dad losing hope. Can you hear him in there? This is very real. Jesus responds, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked anything is possible if a person believes. And I found in my life that faith is like a faucet that you open up and you can close. And if we can keep that faucet of faith opened up, anything is possible. But what happens is through disappointment, like this father, discouragement, like this father, these long-standing sicknesses and diseases that they've walked through, that that faucet begins to close up. And it's not that all things aren't possible through God, it's that we've just become hard or fearful, doubtful, and we've closed that faucet. And so what services like today are for, the scripture reading that I'm bringing to you today is the hopes that God would help you open that faucet. 
so that once again today you can believe all things are possible for you. All things are possible for the one who believes. You are at your best when you're a believing believer. In this life because of trouble, in this life because of disappointment or challenge, it's an attack from you being a believing believer to being a doubting believer. Where you believe God to forgive you of your sins, but you don't believe him to be faithful to other promises. And I'm asking God today to help us believe again. Like this father. See, because this is what's about to happen. Jesus is about to heal this boy. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Maybe that's your prayer. God, I'm ready. I want to believe again, but it's hard. I want to believe again, but I've been disappointed. I want to believe again, but I went to all the best healing services I could think of, and I'm doubtful. I'm losing hope. I'm, I do believe. Just lay, hold of what you, just lay hold of what you can. I do believe. Help me in the areas I don't believe. And I love that God loves truth. He's not intimidated by those emotions. He's not intimidated by that honesty. Amen. He'll start with what you have. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. And the boy was instantly healed and delivered. You can celebrate that. That's all right. Now listen. What if the dad would have left after the first prayer meeting? The first disappointment or the second disappointment or the third disappointment. He would have believed a lie that it wasn't God's will to heal his son. But that wasn't the truth. Do you understand what I just said? If Jesus wouldn't have come in in that moment and taken over that situation, the dad would have taken his child, gone home, and lived with this demon in his house, lived with this infirmity in his house, with the belief that God must not want his son healed. What I'm trying to help you with today is to push past whatever disappointment, push past whatever discouragement, and to just go back to the source, Jesus Christ, and do not be moved by his word, by his will towards you. I don't know why certain healings didn't manifest or didn't happen, but I do believe in Jesus, and I believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and I believe it is his will to heal you. And so no matter what discouragement moment you may have, you just keep going back to Jesus. And you might say, well, Pastor Kevin, you don't understand because you don't deal with your own disappointments and your own sickness and your own, your own stuff. Those of you that know my family, those of you that have watched me and our kids, you know that we know. Do you hear me? I've had people in my life say, how can you pray for the sick when you push your son out of the church in a wheelchair? How can you believe in healing when your own child has brain damage? I am telling you to do the same thing that my family does on a daily basis, that we go back to Jesus, we go back to his word, we go back to his faithfulness, and you don't let discouragement stop you 
and the way you overcome it is you go back right after it. You can go through healing evangelists throughout history. Many of them have been touched by sickness, lost a parent, lost a wife, lost a child, and they went and God used them to heal the sick. And I'm telling you today, do the same thing. Do not be overcome by evil. Overcome that evil by going after the good. If you've been discouraged, if you've been disappointed, if you don't understand certain things, then you just live out of what the word tells you to do. You believe God again. You pray again. You get prayer again. You speak the word again. You stand on that word every day. You don't quit on that word, amen. I don't know why some of those things happen. I can't answer those questions. I can only do what the Bible tells me to do. Go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. Amen. Pastor Gus, we want to close in a word of testimony, and then we're going to pray for you. Pastor Gus, come on up. I want you to meet, first of all, those of you who don't know him, Pastor Gus leads our Portuguese church. Would you welcome him this morning? He is faithful. His church is amazing. They're doing amazing. And he's got a word of testimony that you are going to be blessed by. Pastor? Amen. Good morning. God bless you. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. If you've never seen a miracle, please look right next to you. You see one. We all are miracles. The Bible says that the work of devil is to kill, to destroy, and to take your joy away. If you have not been killed, if you have not been destroyed, that's because God is doing his job pretty well. The angels of God is around you, protecting you, and making devil fail every single day. God is good. If you want to see another miracle, cover Portuguese is right here. We start with nine people two years ago. And if you're here for two years at least, you remember that we was here right in front of the altar receiving prayer from you. And God is doing a great job. We are reaching around 50. We are around 50 people today. And God is good. If you want to see another miracle, you can look to my wife right now. God healed her from multiple sclerosis, that's how I say that. She was a teenager. She was in a wheelchair. God restored her life. God restored her health. And she's perfect. My oldest son was born in 32 weeks, and he's supposed to have lungs problem. He's perfect. God is good. God gave him a perfect health. My youngest son, when my wife was expecting him, the doctor says that he will born with some, um, some, some uh, limitations. He was born perfect. God is good. God is good. God is always good. But back in 2010, I was so happy because I, I, I came from a background of minister's family. And God called me to ministry and when I finally was called to ministry, was pastoring church in Boston, Massachusetts. And we was so excited and so happy to be there. But uh, we found ourselves 
in a huge spiritual warfare and we're doing our best we are doing what we learned to do and one day Priscilla my wife told me that as she was in pain there was this bump right in her chest I pray for her and the next day we woke up Priscilla has no bumps no more we praise the Lord we're so happy because of that but in the very next day I woke up with a bump right here in my chest in exactly the same spot that Priscilla had because of the spiritual warfare that we was facing at the church I thought well this is spiritual God heal my wife God will heal me too but it wasn't the plan of God God has his plans if we are God's employee if we work for God if we if we work for God if you're just employee, then you can say, I don't want this no more. I'll find another job. But we, 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 we are not God's employee. We, we are God's servant. We don't have the choice. We serve God. And as a servant, He does with us whatever He wants to do in order to reach whatever He wants to reach. I find I found myself with this bump and I said God will heal me I'm not gonna try to find any doctor and many other bumps start to appear in my body my chest my neck and it gets to a point that I said well I had to find a doctor when I get to the doctor the doctor said um, I have to send you to another doctor he sent me to an oncologist and they took a bump out of my body was here I still have the scars here and they found out that I have cancer I had lymphoma no Rodkins you know when your mind get confused I grew up hearing about the power of God I preach the power of God every single Sunday I believe in the power of God and I saw the power of God in so many times but when I need that power, that power doesn't show up. I went through the process. And I had to do chemotherapy. In the day that I did the chemotherapy for the first time, I was really confused. I was like, I really, really believe that God will heal me. I really, really believe that God will change this and God will give me a powerful testimony I really believe in that but remember that we don't work for God we are servants and then I took the first chemotherapy 24 hours later I was in so much pain because I was allergic to half of the chemotherapy the chemotherapy was done with four um, medications, half of it, 50% of the chemotherapy was with bleomycin. And I didn't know that, but I am highly allergic to bleomycin. And, you know, I heard some, someday somebody saying that uh, God gave his toughest um, fights and, and, and situations to the, his best soldiers. So. Uh, God was mistaking, and in, in, in not mistaken, but God was thinking that I was Rambo, maybe. Remember Rambo? 
It wasn't like, it was too much. It was really tough. But God never commit any mistake. He knows what he was doing. So, long history short. I was dealing not only with cancer now. I was dealing also with allergic reaction from my first chemotherapy. So I called the hospital, the hospital, the doctor said to go back to the hospital. When I get there, I was with a high fever, 104.1, 104.1. And my heart was beating around 180. I was in a really, really bad shape. They got me in the emergency room. They put me in, the, in, a, in a water bed that goes to the machine. It cools off and it, it gets the water really cool and gets back to the, back, to the bed to try to lower my temperature. It didn't work. I went to the intensive care and I was in intensive care for two weeks. And I can't understand why God was doing that. But when I got back to the hospital, 24 hours later, my, my first chemotherapy, the doctor came to me and said, hey, what's going on? What, what happened? I explained to him and he started to touch my neck and my chest and he can find no bumps. There was no bumps. Let me tell you this. No chemotherapy in this world can take your cancer bumps away in 24 hours. God can do that. God healed that cancer. And the doctor starts to cry and starts to get emotional. And I'm talking about Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston, partnered with Harvard. The doctor was taking care of me. It's not any doctor. He was graduated from Harvard. And when a man like that get impressed for something, that's because this is really powerful. But now, now I was dealing with the chemotherapy reaction that was even worse than cancer and he thought I was going to die that point I got it I knew that God was pushing me to the limit so he can reach those who only believe in medicine those who only believe in what they know we are servants and he saw the power of God. He saw God healing cancer. And he saw God take me out of that situation. I don't want to go much further than that. The testimony is huge. But I just want to say one more thing. That I want to apply that thing to you today. When I was in intensive care, this nurse got to me at night. And, uh, and uh, she was working during the night and uh, she got to me and she, 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 she came walking to the room looking me at the eyes. And I never saw the nurse before. And she came to me walking and looked at me straight at me in my eyes and she got to me and hold my hand. She looked me at the eyes and said, son, I'm not done with you. I am not done with you. I'll bring you out of here. I'm not trying to destroy you. I'm not trying to kill you. I'm just giving you a powerful testimony. I'm just giving you a powerful testimony. I will take you out of here 
And God did that. Church, God's not trying to kill you. God's not trying to disappoint you. God's not trying to take your faith away. God is just giving you a great testimony. God is just changing your life because you ask for it. We will sing one more song. But we will not only sing that song. We will prophesy that song. Because God, God will do amazing things here today. There's miracles waiting for you when the altar time comes. There's great things waiting for you. God is ready to heal because He knows how to do that. He knows how to do that. So if you want to stay seated, you're welcome to stay seated. If you want to get in your feet, get in your feet. Raise your hands all over this room. Close your, close your eyes and start to worship God and start to give yourself away. Now is the moment. The moment that God will show how powerful He is and how amazing He is. Open your heart. God will change your life today. He can do that. He Altar do teams that. come to the front. This is the rest of the service. We are going to minister healing to those who need healing. Spirit, soul, and body. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.